Business Desk Today is the podcast for New Zealand business leaders. Your daily business briefing from the team at businessdesk.co.nz. Kia ora and welcome to Business Desk Today, the daily podcast bringing you our top stories for the day ahead. It's Wednesday the 28th of June. I'm your host, Murray Jones. Later, we'll take a look at new regulation for hydroenergy projects and gambling operators. But first, TSB Bank has started a consultation process with staff, proposing a series of changes across the business as Chief Executive Donna Cooper prepares to leave the country's seventh biggest lender by assets. Paul Macbeth reports that Cooper departs the new Plymouth-based bank on July 28th, ending five years in charge of TSB and presiding over faster lending growth than the wider system. That was accompanied by a sharp increase in operating costs and declining rates of profitability, with net profit of $19.9 million in the March year, almost half the prior year. Cooper said the proposed changes at the community trust-owned bank would aim to streamline and simplify aspects of the business. TSB is still working with its team about what that looks like. Personnel costs totaled $75.4 million in the March 2023 year, up 84% since four years prior. IT costs were up over 170% in the same period. Cooper will be replaced by Chief Financial Officer Gordon Davison, while the board looks for a new CEO. Up next, an ANZ bank is pegging a 3% increase in house prices over the remainder of this year on the back of tighter market conditions and startling migration numbers. Brent Melville reports that those tighter conditions are supported by data from the Real Estate Institute, which saw a 2.1% month-on-month increase in house sales and faster sale turnaround, which saw average days to sell dip from 53 days in February to 47 for May. The Institute numbers also showed month-on-month prices moving up by 0.2% during May, marking the first month of positive growth since the market topped out in November 2021. Treasury's chief economic advisor, Dominic Stevens, said the bounce in net migration was going to be absolutely huge within a few months, adding that this was part of a global phenomenon with countries that normally experience a net inflow seeing supersized net inflow with upwards of 500,000 in Australia and potentially 100,000 in New Zealand. Rental inflation too, rising at a rate of 6.8% annually, could also help push home sales along, ANZ said, as property investors are enticed by higher yields and more renters decide they may as well pay down a mortgage than pay sky-high rents. Kelvin Davidson, chief property economist with analytics firm CoreLogic, meanwhile, points to May's 7.5% increase in residential sales numbers, both via estate agents and private transactions, as evidence the market has hit its trough, the first annual increase in sales transactions since May 2021. Davidson said 2023 is shaping up as a year of two halves. Now, time for a quick app break. Welcome back. And electricity generators have won a partial victory in getting changes to the Resource Management Act law reform with access to longer consent timeframes. Ian Llewellyn reports that Parliament's Environment Committee reported back on the Natural and Built Environment Bill and Spatial Planning Bill, which will replace the Resource Management Act when passed into law. The massive reform is controversial and there are numerous changes recommended by the Select Committee. 
Among them is an amendment to the time frame for consents for renewable electricity projects. Under the RMA, hydro schemes are usually given a consent for 35 years. This is intended to reflect the long-term nature of the asset and the fact that once they are built, they have largely the same ongoing environmental impact. However, original drafts said consents for hydro schemes would only last for 10 years unless they were very large and directly connected to the grid and entitled to an exemption to get a 35-year consent. While the vast majority of New Zealand's generation capacity would come under the exemption, the smaller schemes would not. While individually they are small, added together, they are not insignificant. Manawa Energy, the fifth largest electricity generator in New Zealand, told the select committee it was baffled by the proposed law. Hydro schemes have a long life. Some in New Zealand have been operating for 100 years. The consenting process was complex and expensive. A 10-year consent would make it very difficult to make investments or attract investors if an expensive asset might only be able to operate for a decade. Put simply, a hydro scheme can't operate if it doesn't have permission to use water. So now, the redraft states that hydro plants with an operational capacity of 5 megawatts or greater and connected through local line networks will be able to get access to exemptions. National has already said it will repeal the bills before Christmas if elected to government. And our last story today for those who have stuck till the end. Smaller gaming operators say changes being rolled out by the regulator are impractical and could see a host of the more than 1,000 Class 4 gaming licensees fall foul of the rules. The gaming regulator, the Department of Internal Affairs, defines a Class 4 license as any gaming machine that operates outside a casino. Under new compliance regulations in the Gambling, Harm Prevention and Minimization Amendment Regulations 2023, Venues will need to bring in better staff training, ensure better record keeping and do floor sweeps on a regular basis to monitor problem gambling, including the frequency of ATM cash withdrawals. Failure could see venues pinged with infringement fines of $1,000 each after the regulations are formally rolled out on December the 1st. DIA investigators have already cited a host of operators for non-compliance including late banking, which occurred 177 times this year. Complaints have also been received about staff playing electronic gambling machines after hours and winning the jackpots. Dave Robson, the DIA's Director of Gambling, said his team of 40 inspectors had conducted 121 unannounced inspections through New Zealand this year. Only 53% of venues had complied. Marty Fuller, the operator of a pokey venue in Christchurch, said he was concerned, adding he didn't want to flaunt the regulations, but the requirement to do three sweeps for problematic ATM use on a busy Saturday night would be impossible to comply with. Robson said the DIA did accept there would be times when actual compliance would be impractical or near impossible, but wanted to see what was being put in place to try to mitigate the situation as much as possible. And finally, a look at the markets. The New Zealand share market slipped into a slumber on another day of light trading with little movement amongst the leading stocks. The S&P NZX50 index lacked real direction, bouncing up and down all day and finally closed at 11,649.2, up 10.52 points or 0.09%. There were 55 gainers and 70 decliners over the whole market on volumes of 26.15 million share transactions, worth $96.17 million. And finally, a taster of our daily Quizness Desk quiz. 
The name of the Italian national football team, the Azzurri, means what in English? Have a great Wednesday. Thank you.